So that was really weird. I'm not sure if you heard the same thing at the intro music. The, the countdown was very fast at the beginning and then slowly slowed down towards the end. It reminded me of people that clap at a ball game and that nobody can keep the same beat over and over again and eventually it just becomes too fast or it becomes too slow. But I don't know. That's just maybe my marching band. I'll be honest. I don't have the slightest idea what the hell you're talking about. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Seth Kamins and Sean Palmer here. Seth and Sean Sports Radio. I'm Sean. That guy's Seth over there. And in case the names on the bottom, in case the names on the bottom didn't really clear it up for you. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. So you can find Seth on S. Kamins, uh, myself at SULawyer2001 on Twitter, and on Facebook we have the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show uh, page. Feel free to check us out. Uh, you'll find all the latest in what we do, and we're here almost every uh, Wednesday. And I will tell you, this year. I've been pretty good this year. You have, and we have. Um, we have a new announcement that we will be bringing the show to yet another country. Unfortunately, which, not on my end. No, yeah. uh, you know, have, damn married have, life. You haven't even brought us to one other country. You've brought us to a territory. You brought us to Puerto Rico, but yeah. you have not yeah, for your wedding. But uh, we will be hosting the show. I also did. I also did host the show walking home from the birth of my first child. This is true. So. We will not be having a show on the 29th because I'll be in the air, but we'll do it on the 30th. Uh, we'll, well, that'll be a Thursday instead of a Wednesday. And Is that the we'll, night? When's the NBA draft? I think it's that night. So maybe we do it a little bit earlier in the day. So earlier in the day for you is later in the day for me because I'll be in Iceland. Is there a time so, difference between the, between the Eastern Coast, the East Coast, and Iceland? Yeah. I don't do. I don't know. I've never oh, been to Iceland. Yeah, it, it's a. It's. Uh, I think it's three and a half hours. So wait a minute. It's a three and a half. First of all, how can you have a half hour time difference? I don't know. Hold on a second. Iceland right now. It is currently so Iceland is on Greenwich Mean Time exactly on. It's nine oh two. So it's four hours. Four hour time difference between here and there. So if it's five, it's five o'clock here, it's nine o'clock in Iceland. You know, Iceland is right above Great Britain, right? I didn't realize it was that far. It was that far east. Yeah, it's right above Great. It's right above Great Britain. Greenland is only about an hour the other way. And by the way, Greenland is ice, and Iceland is green. So it makes all the sense in the world. And Finkel is Einhorn, and Einhorn is Finkel. Well, Greenland had Greenland only has fifty four thousand people in the entire country, and the whole thing is ice. And Iceland has three hundred seventy six thousand, give or take, and it is all green and beautiful. So we'll have a show either on that Thursday or that Friday, depending on when Seth Seth and I can coordinate. But we'll definitely have a show. What are you looking at? It was just a very funny email. I'm sorry. Okay, so. So we are taking the show on the road again, at least on my side, and I'm sure my brother will be part of that. Mark Rubin may join us at the bottom of the hour, but is he's he nervous. Dry. Is he dr- is he, he drinking already in advance of? Uh, he's of actually tonight. He's actually driving from D.C. to Boston right now, but he is not going to the game. But he needs. But if he can find a place to pull over at five thirty, he'll join us for the show. Okay, but. But he did say that if I'm running late, there's no way I'm pulling over because I need to be in a bar by nine. And I was like, that's fair. If you're does a Celtics you have to be in a bar in Boston by nine, or do you right. have to be in a bar? No, he's pretty said sure there are bars along the way. Right. But if you're drinking, you certainly don't want to continue down your road, especially if you're playing the Golden State Warriors, who looked really good in the last game. I mean, really good. And Andrew Wiggins. I never thought I'd say this. Andrew Wiggins was the key to that game. I never in a million years thought I'd say Andrew Wiggins was the key to anything. And he was and it's going to be an interesting decision at the end of this season, Seth, because you have to you have Jordan Poole who's going to be a free agent next year. You have Wiggins who's a free agent this year. Starting next year you're paying Stephen Curry about 50 million dollars. You're paying Draymond Green about 35, and you're paying Clay Thompson 40. So you're at 
basically the cap with three players. If they re-sign all of these guys, and granted, you're assuming that Wiggins will get a less than max contract, not a max like you know this time. He's not going to get a But he'll make 25, right? Mm-hmm. He'll make 25 to 30. Jordan Poole, who currently makes rookie contract, is going to make at least 10 in his next deal, if not more than that. They're going to be paying $375 million between penalties and ever and salary cap well, next in two years. My my gut is they're going to let Wiggins go. Um, you have Kaminga and Moody, who you've brought Kaminga, in. Kaminga, Kaminga. <laughs> I just like the name. Yeah, I don't I don't get the reference because um, I haven't seen every movie eighty seven hundred and forty two times like you have. Um, but even if he's if he's not quite Wiggins. At some point, Joe Lacob has to have – there has to be some threshold here. And the problem is you don't know what you really have with Clay going – like he's not – as of now, he's not back to Clay, although he's very good. Curry's – you know, they're, they're, they're paying Curry for what he's done, not what he's doing. And Draymond is – well, Draymond. Um, you're going to probably pay – you're going to probably pay play pool – you're going to pay, play pool, pay pool, pay pool. Excuse pay pool. me. You can't, I don't know. It's, it is a really interesting situation. I mean, you have Curry next year, 22. So you're 22 to 23 at 48. Clay's at 40. Wiggins. Wait. Oh no. Wiggins has one more year. I'm sorry. Okay, He's at So 30. they can kick this down the road a year then. They can kick this down the road one year. Yep. Because it, unless they want to sign him to an extension, because Wiggins is at 33, and if they let it go, Seth, he's a UFA, unrestricted. Pool is a restricted free agent. So the only free agents that they have after this year, you're absolutely right, are Chris Chioza, who I don't think has ever played, uh, Juan Toscano Anderson, and Quindry Weatherspoon. That has to be number 13, 14, and 15 on the on No, Toscano Anderson's gotten some time. Has he? He's 29, so I assume he's he's either the Jack Haley or otherwise. No, no, he's athletic guy. He, he bounced around the G League a bit. Hmm. And, okay. Um, I mean, just to put this in perspective, so next year they have eight players signed at $171 million. Net the 2023, they have $144 million uh, allocated already for six players. $99 million in the guards. (laughs) They have $100 million in guards. And that's only the two of them. That's not including Poole. Uh, That's the two of them and Moses Moody. Okay, I think Moody is a three, but okay. Well, according according to this, they all have a shooting guard. So, I mean, and that's with the club option on Moody. So, I mean, yeah, and and soon they're going to have – look, Curry's 34, Thompson's 32, and Draymond's 32. So, I mean, sooner or later, these guys' age is going to catch up to them. I'm not sure as much Steph. Steph looked really good in the last game. Because Steph is not – Steph's game is not based on athleticism. He Correct. may not be able to shoot the 37-foot three-pointers anymore because he may not have the legs for it. But he may have – but he's, his game should hold. Um, Draymond's game is really not based on athleticism either. It's just kind of based on more of an – Clay is the concern – to me is the concern because Clay's game is great a shooter as he is, and his like his release is the fastest in the league when he's there – you know, his his game based on his defensive ability is based on athleticism. And yeah, so next two torn ACLs, I mean, who knows? Look, the, the key is after this year, Wiggins becomes a free agent in 2023. Draymond has a player option in 2023, and Poole becomes a restricted free agent in 2023. So who are you picking? Because if you want to get any – remember, if you ch- – if you let these guys go, if you just let Andrew Wiggins go, you're already over the cap. You're over the tax. There's no way to get any value for him except in a sign-in trade. And why would he do this? Why would he do it? There's no reason for him to do that. 
So you're basically picking either sign them all or you got to trade one of them at the end of this year. And I'm not sure you can with a full con- – well, I guess they did it with Iguodala. But I'm not sure with a good conscience could you trade Draymond Green. No, I don't think you could. Um, you know, Iguodala – there was a great article about this, I think, in the athletic, the athletic or ESPN. I forget which. Well, first it was a, there was one in the athletic, and then there was one in the ESPN le- uh, yesterday, for, where so they both played on it on how Andrew Wiggins, the contract itself, while originally was, hey, we need to just get something for Kevin Durant. Right. This is, is Durant now, to D'Angelo Russell to right to, to Minnesota. Yeah, to Minnesota, and to tell you the truth. Everybody at the time thought the first round pick was the valuable commodity that was coming out of that that trade. Right. That was what was con- that was what was confusing on the deal um, was the first round pick, which ended up being James Weissman, who really hasn't done a heck of a lot in two years. No, the the first round pick became Kaminga. Did it? Or was it became it the seventh. It was the seventh pick. It wasn't the second. How did Weiss, How did Golden State get the second pick overall? They did. Were they? Was the record that they bad? bottomed out? Yeah, they bottomed out. They bottomed out. Um, much the same way as uh, Tim Duncan and and the David and Robinson. The Spurs yeah, and David Robinson. So who are you picking tonight? I mean, we we've seen one great game out of Boston. We I saw no, that we was we saw one great quarter out of Boston. Okay, one great quarter out of Boston. We saw a great game out of the Golden State. Golden State played phenomenal ball and moving the ball around. Like that was typical, what you would envision ball movement to be. I, I'm picking Golden State tonight, even if it's back in Boston. So am I. Um, I'm also. I mean, I, I do wonder if that what they're going to try and do is they're going to try and instigate Draymond Green. Oh, of course. I mean, and get him because I don't think after everything that's happened, it feels like over the last this playoffs. I think they're going to have a very quick whistle on Green. In regards to tease, I would I wouldn't almost expect him to be kicked out of this game. To be perfectly honest, well, I'm surprised, and I know that was um, was it Van Gundy that said it last time when there should have been well in the regular season it should have been a double technical between Jalen Jalen Brown and Draymond Green, and there was no technical called, and probably the reasoning was that Draymond already had a tee, so they weren't going to kick him out. So. Yeah, I think Draymond gets another one tonight. I think it's. I think if I'm Boston, I'm just poking him. Every look, we all had a guy in the schoolyard, right? That just poked, right? You send that guy out just to annoy the crap out of you. Well, they should send whoever that is for Boston, whether that be Peyton Pritchard, Grant whether Williams. that's Greg, Greg, Robert Williams, Grant Williams. Oh, Grant Williams, Grant Williams, whoever it is, just keep poking at poking at his stomach. Because Draymond will blow. Um, if Draymond gets kicked out, say, in the first half, you still picking uh, Golden State to win the game? Or does Draymond have to play the full game? I think Draymond has to play the full game. Okay. All right, switching gears a little bit to our favorite quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. I didn't. I wasn't sure if that was, that was our favorite quarterback. Well, he's been our favorite quarterback. For fantasy purposes, yes. So, so there's, there's two questions here. First of all, is he still uh, look? We're we're in fantasy football land already. We're we're in June, are we? We're, we are. We are. Is he now? So there was an article the other day where Tristan Cockroft said Aaron Rodgers is no longer a QB one at all. He now falls down to QB two. Agree or disagree? Twelve team league. Twelve team league. Disagree. Um, he's not a high QB one, but we in, we really don't know what Christian Watson's going to be. But I get the point. They have no wideouts. Aaron Jones becomes a heck of a lot more valuable because he's going to catch a boatload out of the backfield. As does AJ Dillon. Yeah, but I AJ think Dillon's both- not a receiver by trade. He's a he's a third year third third down battering ram for the most part. But he's, he's not Mike a Tolbert. Yeah, he's Mike Tolbert. Um, but I think I think this is handoff. I really think this is handoff to Jones, handoff to Dylan, throw to Tanyan, first down, handoff to Jones. Are we dropping Aaron Rodgers? I think I, 
I think we are. I look, I keep going back and forth on this. And for those that do not follow our show, we have, we have to uh, keep three guys this year. We have a litany of options. First of all, we have two options, which we generally have not discussed with JP Dobkins and Cam Akers, who we both had at $1 last year and they sat out the whole year. I, I love Cam Akers. I think Cam Akers is a stud. So we have those two guys. Then we have Darren Waller, I believe, at 9 or 10. We have Cooper Cup, who is a no-brainer at 30, I believe, to keep. We have Derrick Henry at 45. We can keep him at 45. And we and have Debo. And we have Debo at 12. So, I mean, Seth, I don't think there's room for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers would be 29 to 30. I mean, you and I go through this every year is can we get these guys for the value that we would keep, right? And I think we could, might be able to get Aaron Rodgers for $30 this year. If we want Aaron Rodgers. At that right. Point. No, I'm saying like, but that's the value of a keeper, right? We would not be able to get Debo Samuel at 12. No. We would not be able to get, in my opinion, Cam Akers at six or, no. Jake, or J.B. Dobkins at six. We might be able to get J.K. Dobbins. We may be able to get we may be able to get Waller at fifteen. Maybe, maybe tight ends or tight ends. With Devontae coming in, and Waller wasn't great for us last year. Right, tight end. Well, he's also hurt the second half. I get it. And we're not going to be able to get Cooper Cup for thirty. No. So my assumption is Cup Cup is a no brainer. Cup is a no brainer. Debo is a no brainer. Debo is a no brainer. And we have seven positions we can look at for – because, as you said, Derrick Henry at 45 is – Doable. But we may be better off keeping if keeping Cam Akers at six. Well, and remember, again, if we do keep Henry at 45, we lose him. If he's done. Right. I mean, this was like the last straw, right? You get him for one more year. This is the – I call it the Nabate Isles in the middle of a season rule that he does every year. There's always one. And if we keep Akers, this is year one of keeping Akers. We get three years of Akers. So we get him at – Oh, because he was on our DL the whole year because he never, yeah. we never activated him? I, or we get two more years of Akers. So we get him at six and then we get him at 11 for the next two years. That's not a bad plan, No, keeping, those, keeping that guy. So – but the thing about Rodgers that got me, did you did you uh, see any of the press conference that he held? No. All right. So I, I, so I stopped I, caring what he said about a year ago. So I tend to watch a little bit of Aaron Rodgers because I, I do care about what he said says. I did enjoy watching the press conference where he was completely open and honest, right? Where he's like, yeah, they lied to me. Like they flat out lied to me and said I'd be traded or I'd be held or whatnot. And then, so I was like, okay, let me let me watch what he did. And he held a press conference the other day where he basically said, I'm going to retire here. I was like, yeah, I saw oh, that. that's interesting. He's going to retire here. And then he puts a little caveat. Unless they do something strange like trade me. Wow, does that scream Brett Favre? It just screams Brett Favre, where it's, I'm going to quit unless you trade me. I'm going to quit unless you trade me. I'm going to retire unless you trade me. So it made me go back and look at the salary cap implications of what would happen if, or in the next couple of years for his salary. So I'll bring this up. It's right here. Let me see if I can make this bigger. All right. So there we go. And we're doing this because it's baseball season, and Seth doesn't like to talk about baseball. So if you look here – well, we will in a second. So if you look here, so next year, if if he gets cut, his cap hit – if he gets cut before the year, his cap hit is $150 million in the dead cap. We know that's not going to happen. Not likely. We know that he has guaranteed money in year two, which is – so his dead cap hit is $99 million. So he's he's good for 22 and 23. But look at 24. 
His salary is $2 million. His option bonus, his signing bonus is only $8 million. His option bonus is 30. And his cap, dead cap, goes from 99 to 24. So remember, they cut Aaron Ryan, Aaron Ryan, Matt, Matt Ryan, Ryan this year. And the Falcons took a $44 million cap hit just to cut Matt Ryan or to trade Matt Ryan. To, so dead cap. They took $44 million on the dead cap, the Falcons. I see every scenario where Aaron Rodgers at the age of 40 says, you know what? I'm done. I'm retiring unless you trade me. Like, I'm so sick of this. I'm so uh, I'm so sick of Green That's Bay quarterbacks. You listen to the press conferences. Well, I wanted to see what he would say because it made I want to see whether he would say I retire and or he would retire. So declining either of the 23 and 24 options converts that base salary into a bonus. But it does you're not declining it, you're trading it. So it doesn't matter anyway. I'm just so fed up that I, look, we could protect him at 29. I'm not sure I want this. I, I know you, you personal, professional, I get the fantasy world is a lot different than the reality world. This guy just, yeah, just bothers me now. Like we rode into a couple of championships. I was happy with that. Um, okay. So you, so let's talk baseball. So Mets and Yankees are both in first place. True. I knew that. I, I know you did. I know you did. Would you rather, as a Yankees fan, see the Mets in the World Series or see somebody else? Are the Yankees there? The Yankees are there. Yeah, I'd rather see the Yankees-Mets. I mean, how can you not? I think the see, better and I, part... And I wouldn't. I don't want to see the Yankees there. Right, because you have an inferiority complex. <laughs> I'm serious. Like Mets fans, Jets fans, they have inferiority complexes about the big, the, the big quote unquote big brother. To me, you want it because you're probably a better team than the Yankees. And assuming Nestor Cora doesn't continue this, you know, run. Um, and where do you, how do you get the headline, the real headlines by beating the crap out of the big brother? I, as a Yankee fan, I don't particularly want to play them because the idea of playing DeGrom and, and uh, Scherzer and Scherzer is not overly attractive to me. Um, four times in seven games, it reminds me of 2001. Yes. So I wouldn't want it as a Yankee fan, but I think it's enjoyable. I mean, is it really more fun to watch us play the Milwaukee Brewers? I would rather play anybody but the Yankees. <laughs> anybody. Because your heart couldn't take it if you lost that series. That's probably true. I've already yeah. lost it once. That's probably true. And, and yeah, but you lost it in a year you weren't the better team. You're probably – you very well may be the – especially if you can beat the Dodgers. You're probably the better team going in. As you can see, I still have an enormous amount of confidence in this Yankee team. <laughs> Look, this Yankee team is one bad injury away from from bye-bye. Yeah. Or or Nestor coming back to reality, right? I mean I mean not not the Jim Cott reality, just reality in general. Jim Cott says some obnoxious things this year, this week. Yeah. You heard that? Yeah, he sounded like an ass. Are yeah, you- the hall now he's a Hall of Fame ass though, which makes it even worse. So we can put him on the wing with Kurt Schilling. But Kurt Schilling's not in the Hall of Fame. If he That's up, the difference. Yes, but he'll end up in the Hall of Fame. I don't know. You the, really veterans, think, the Veterans Committee will vote him in. You I think, have no doubt so, so do you – okay, so let, let's go to that. Do you think the and, – and we look, we talk about the Hall of Fame maybe three or four times a year, right? We talk about it in January when it comes out. We talk about it in December when the ballot happens. We talk about it in August when the actual election happens. And we talk about once a year otherwise. Do you think A-Rod and Bonds get in? Yeah. Veterans Committee does not care. They will just put them in. 
Bonds is one of the five best players of all time. Rodriguez is probably the best shortstop of the last hundred years. They'll right. And, and Clemens is the best pitcher of the last hundred years. They'll get in. Okay. I don't think I'll, I don't think the veterans committee I, I don't think a player is of that magnitude. We're not talking a borderline, we're not talking Palmero. We're not talking Maguire. We're not talking more borderline. I think they're going to get in. I should say Palmero wouldn't have been borderline if with 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 without this crowd. No, Palmero is definitely not borderline. Yeah, I think Palmero, three thousand hits. Yeah, is, uh, yeah. Never mind. So I'm looking at the Hall of Fame um, veterans. Who is the members of the Hall of Fame Veterans Committee? I'm just curious uh, if they actually have the members. Generally, they do. Um, committee members. Nope, they don't say exactly who is part of that. That's a shame because they have people in here that died. So I know that that's definitely not there. Um, that's a shame. I guess I'll figure that out for next week. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, I I think what you're going to see is I, I disagree. I don't think any of them actually get in. I think you're going to see that maybe in time, maybe in 20 years, when people look back on it, but I don't think you're going to well, see it anytime I mean, soon. Can you, once you go through the veterans committee once, can you continuously? Oh yeah. Throw it up? Okay. Oh, yeah. It may take a couple years, but inevitably they'll get in. Well, so what happens is there are revisions to the voting process that took place uh, a couple of years ago. Wait a second. So in 2022, uh, it's today's game. So today's game is 1988 to the present. So that's now. So today's game comes up every two, it looks like every two or three years. So it'll be in 2022. That'll be in 2024. That'll be in 2027. So I don't know why they skipped one, but whatever. So they can continuously come up same way the NFL does. Like if you get if you miss in the NFL in the veterans committee, you could be brought up every single year for a vote. Oh, that would explain why there's eighty seven thousand people in the NFL Hall of Fame. No, there's eighty seven thousand people in the NFL Hall of Fame because there's a minimum requirement to go in. Utterly you ridiculous. Need, you need four people to go in every single year. I thought it was, I thought I actually thought it was six. No, four, four people, four, four minimum, four minimums, and then you can four have play, four minimum or four players. So you can have a minimum of four on the regular ballot, and then you then the veterans committee for the NFL Hall of Fame is actually a yes or no vote, and it's maximum I think of two, but you can have more than four in the in the players. I think it's between four and eight that you can have in the NFL Hall of Fame per year. So you could have a legitimate ten person class. Are you looking that up right now? No, I wasn't. Oh, I believe it's a – I think you can have a maximum of 10 people. And trust me, 10 people would be a very long night in camp. It would be a very long night. I'm, I'm tired just thinking about it. <laughs> um, going back to baseball, though, yeah. are you okay with the Angels firing Joe Madden? Yes, because, look, you lose 10 in a row. I really don't care who you are. <laughs> you lose ten in a row, you should be fired. Ten in a row. Look, they were two up in the playoffs, and you and I, three weeks ago, thought we would finally see Mike Trout in the playoffs. In fact, I believe we talked about it on this show that we'd see Otani and we'd see Mike Trout in the playoffs. Then they go and lose twelve in a row. I think last night they lost their thirteenth in a row with Phil Nevin as their manager, and now they are eight and a half games behind the Astros in the West. Seth, you lose 12 games in a row. No, it's not all the manager's fault. But, wow, you uh, you lost the clubhouse if you're doing that. I mean, even a lucky manager would lose one would win one out of 12. Well, which is – it's just – yeah. I mean – I mean, look, he wasn't 
he wasn't doing it. It wasn't like how they they've been great the two years before the two years he was he was there before that. Correct. They got a new general manager this year. That Joe Madden was not his guy. He was on a lame duck contract, so this was the last year of his contract to begin with. It, this is not like Joe Girardi, who Joe Girardi had two more years after this year on his contract. This was a very high-priced manager that probably was not going to return next year anyway. So if he wasn't going to return next year and he walked Corey Seager with the bases loaded, I mean, this is not – this is not. he won the game. I don't know how he did that, but he won the game. But Corey Seager is not Barry Bonds No, when Barry Bonds was superhuman. Well, jump, jumping to the Northwest, Northwestern graduate, do you were you surprised that Philly fired Girardi? I mean, that had been kind of talked about a little bit. I was trying to figure out who the Northwest grad, Northwestern graduate was for a second. Well, someone like, who's much smarter than either of us are. Oh, absolutely, and and much richer. I mean that, and quite frankly, more unlucky than. Look, he's been fired after winning a World Series. And winning within, the year. within two years of winning a World Series, losing a World Series, and that when he he lost with the Yankees, right? And they got fired. What year? Who was he fired by that he won the World Series within two years? Was it manager? Marlins? Was manager of the year in Florida? Right. Got fired. Sorry, manager of the year. I meant manager of the year, he not win the World Series. The Yankees for what seven, eight years, ten years, something like that. They won in 09. Yep. And then he got fired in 18. Yeah, he got fired 10 years later. Hold on. So he went to the Cubs. Oh, no, that's a uh, playing career. Hold on. So here we go. So he won the World Series in 09. He gets fired by the Yankees in 17. Yeah. He, right. So so he wins coach of the uh, coach of, uh, manager of the year, then wins the World Series, then was in his – third year with the Phillies. Uh, with the Phillies, he went, he won 48% of their games, was finally given a team that payroll made sense, but the team made no sense. Look, you and I talked about this at the beginning of the year, right? That team made no sense. That team was a Frankenstein, mo- that team is a Frankenstein monster. It's a fantasy, of- it's a fantasy baseball team. And it's worse Look, it was a fantasy baseball team when Bryce Harper was able to play the field. And then the the goal was you you bat you tried to bash, right? You you signed Castellanos, you signed Kyle Schwarber. And I, look, I love Kyle Schwarber as a leadoff guy as he gets on base, but that guy is slow. He's like Ernie Lombardi slow. So you have him and Castellanos and then you have Bryce Harper as your right fielder. And then Bryce Harper hurts his elbow and can't play the field anymore. Well, you're not taking him out. So you're putting Castellanos and Schwarber in left and right field. Seth, that's like putting you and me in left and right field in Coors Field. Hey, I got like, a heck of an arm. What are you talking about? So do they. They just can't get to a ball. You could have Joe DiMaggio out there and it wouldn't matter. Those two those two are horrible. Then you got Alec Brom, who's at third base, who probably should be a DH. And you have Rice Hoskins at first base, which should probably be a DH. So four DHs in a, in a league, which until last year didn't have a DH, and now unfortunately does. I will beat that drum until I die anyway. But the fact is, was it right to fire Girardi? I don't know. Like, the team wasn't succeeding. Who's the sacrificial lamb? They didn't have – I mean, you can't fire the players, right? That that's the old adage. So you gotta fire somebody. And they fired Girardi. And at the end of the day, he finishes twenty-two and twenty-nine. I think he went three and seven in his last ten. Girardi is a good manager. He's not a great manager. He had great teams. I mean, and when you have the well, Yankees Florida, well, Florida wasn't a great team. No, but when you have the Yankees, remember the only he only had one year in Florida. He went seventy-eight and eighty-four. Did he have one year? I thought he had more than one. One year. Wow. One year in Florida, seventy-eight yeah, and eighty-four. Disliked. You have yeah. one year. You win Manager of the Year, and then you get fired. Yep. One year in Florida. Jeez. So. Yep. The team went seventy-eight and eighty-four. 
was a wild card contention, even though the team had the lowest payroll in baseball. They had a $15 million payroll. $15 million in 2006. Very Pittsburgh Piratean, or if that's yep. So at the after the regular, uh, so in two thousand, so on October third, two thousand six, they fired Girardi and replaced him with Freddie Gonzalez. So, um, yeah, yeah, and then he went to the Yankees in two thousand eight and finished third, first. Then he had the Brian Cashman, right? He had the Brian Cashman career. Is I got a whole lot of money. I'm going to outspend everybody else, so I'm pretty good at my job. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's that's. You ever want to have that discussion? Do we ever bring on Mike Nuremberg? Ask him his opinion on uh, on Cashman. You know, I'd like to bring on Mike Nuremberg for many reasons, but number one, he's an Islander fan. But more importantly, do you think so? Okay, so let's go back to the Hall of Fame. Is Brian Cashman a Hall of Fame? No. Why? He did his job. Right, he did his he did his he job very success very successfully in the nineties. He's he didn't build the team in the nineties. He had access to an absurd payroll. Yes, and they were consistently good to very good team. But what the only team he built that won a championship that I can think of was a mercenary team that he spent half a billion dollars to build. If I guess my criteria for the GM of the Yankees versus the GM for the Cincinnati Reds is two different things. Okay. You know, it's like the Bill Snyder. It's like I always talk about how great a coach I thought Bill Snyder was at Kansas State. Yep. It's very easy to be the head coach at Notre Dame or Alabama or to build that. It's much harder to build something in Manhattan, Kansas, or in Cincinnati, or in Pittsburgh. Um. I think he's a. I think he did a good job. He didn't screw anything up in the late '90s. But remember, a lot of those people came from the GM that preceded him because he came in in '95. Right. That was Bob Watson. Bob Watson. Gene Michael was very heavily involved. Yeah. Um, look, I think you have to give him credit, and I, I'm assuming he was the one who made the call on this. Was when like I love Buck Walter as a manager. I believe you're a big fan as well. And he replaced him with Joe Torre, which made no sense, but ended up working out quite nicely. Well, okay. So Cashman trade. So some of the good things that Cashman did, he traded David Wells and got Roger Clemens. He acquired David justice. He made the train trade Soriano for Alex Rodriguez. Not look, not this. He's the only one that could, right? Because Alex yeah, Rodriguez I mean, was only going was coming to the Yankees. Okay. What exactly was the you know he wasn't he was going to go to the Red Sox and that fell through. Who but else at some afford him? but at some point, even if it's money, it's did he make any bad uh, look? I, I I keep saying the Yankees are the Yankees and now the Mets are the Mets because they can spend and make a mistake, right? <laughs> you make you make a Danny Tartable mistake and you can just write it off as an as a rounding error. Because that's really what George Steinbrenner used to do. Yes. I made a Steve Kemp mistake. Yes, I'm going back a while. That's a, that's but going back a long way. I made an Ed Whitson. I made an Ed Whitson. No, because Jason Ben couldn't have been that mistake because the Wilpons were not Steve Cohen. That, is that was that was a mistake. <laughs> that was a big mistake that pretty much ruined the Mets for a couple of years. It did. But now are you guys still paying Bobby Bonilla, by the way? Yes. Yes, we are. Yeah, thank you so much. Hey, that's what I'm here for. Bobby Benilla Day is coming up soon. I mean, and we can once again talk about how that is not the worst contract in Major League Baseball history. Um, there is a better contract. We will bring I bring it up every single year. But anyway, but that's the difference, right? You so who are the bad players? Or were there any that Cashman brought in that you can say, look, the Mets brought in Kazmatsui, right? That was a bad trade. That was a bad acquisition. Did the Yank when you're the is there a way to become a Hall of Fame Matt general manager when you're the New York Yankees? When you is there a way to become is Joe Torrey worth being the man the Hall of Fame manager because he managed the New York Yankees? I mean But there's a difference between being a GM where your job is to bring in the talent 
as opposed to being a manager who juggles the egos. Okay. And Tori did have to do that with some pretty, pretty big egos. Sure. You know, yeah, it is a little bit easier when your best player doesn't have the that ego of the best player. Or if he does, it's not as expressive. And I'm talking, of course, about Jeter. I was about to say, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jeter was never the, you know, put all the attention on me guy. And like we saw this with Tim Duncan in the Spurs, it's a lot harder to get everybody. It's much easier to keep everybody in line if your best player is also the guy leading by example as opposed to – so I think, look, going to winning four out of five and going to what is it, five out of seven because they, they, they won what? They won 96, 97, 98, 2000, lost 2001, and lost 2003. Mm-hmm. I think it was 2003, the, the Marlins. Um, I think that, look, I think that's a world, that's a, that's a Hall of Fame run. I'm not sure bring, you know, spending the money on it is the same as the same impact. So would you, put, would you put him in the Hall of Fame? See, I have a problem with general managers to begin with. Like if you, it, 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 in total, I also have a problem with managers because Joe Girardi is not a worse manager because of what he did on the field with the Phillies. And Joe Madden is not a worse manager because of what he did when Mike Trout that suddenly decided not to hit for two weeks and Joe and Tyler Wade stopped hitting for two weeks. That doesn't make Joe Madden less of a good manager, in my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. And I say this, look, Brian Cashman, when you deal with GMs, you do have to make certain decisions. How many of those decisions did not work out for the Yankees? I can really only think of one really, really bad decision that he made, and that was Kevin Brown. That that was a bad, bad decision. Well, let's take let's look at it this way also. George Steinbrenner died in what, 2006, 2007? Sure. Since in the last 15 years, since the purse strings have been relatively not not hamstrung, but have certainly not been what they would have been if George was in power. They've been they've won one championship, which was a mercenary. Let's call it what it was. It was a mercenary run. Yep. Spending half a billion on Burnett, uh, Rodriguez and Teixeira. Yeah. I don't remember them going to it now they've been in the playoffs but i don't remember them going to a world series nope so they haven't been to a world series since 2009 right so they've had a top three to five payroll for the last 15 years and they've been to one world series do you hold what happened with houston against them no i mean i mean yeah i can't look I, I can't give him credit for going to the World Series when they didn't. No, that's true. Um, could they have, w- would they have gone? Maybe. I'm still not sure they were a better team. I mean, I don't think anyone would be. Yeah. But you were still there. You were there in game six. You know, you were there. Yeah. So, look, would they have gone? Maybe they would have gone to one series. I mean, I don't know. But at the end of the day, you're, if you're the GM for the Yankees for 25, for literally 30 years, the last 15 have not been overly impressive. Well, you and Mike Nuremberg may get exactly what you want because I didn't realize this. Cashman's last year of his contract is actually this year. He's yeah, up at the end not, of this year. Not, I, I, think, I, I think he's got a lifetime deal. I, think, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Okay. They could have let him go after last year. They didn't. I don't true. Know. That's true. I mean, look, last year Cashman traded for Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo. He, I, like, like you said, it's really hard to deal to parse general managers and what they're responsible for and what they're not. The one thing that I will put in your bucket as a positive for him not to be in the Hall of Fame or not to give him credit is you don't see minor leaguers coming up anymore for the Yankees and making impacts. Now, whether they're traded or not is a different story, but 
the Yankees of our youth were led by four guys that came up through the system, right? I mean, and were supplemented by other guys that came up through the system. I mean, I think of Gerald Williams as a guy that came up through the system that was not one of those core four and still contributed, right? Mm-hmm. And since the Steinbrenner, since George has passed away, which is really surprising, I'm going to make this statement. Since George passed away, they have stopped doing that, which was the whole complaint of George 20 years before that is that he kept trading away prospects. Yeah. But, I mean, the biggest prospect that they've had the last couple of years was Gary Sanchez. And then he gets traded to Minnesota where he is playing very well right now. He just, for whatever reason, couldn't handle New York or did not play well in New York. And, or Louis Saravino, I guess, is another guy that came up through the system and is doing well. But you're not seeing whether it is a, whether it is part and parcel of the new major leagues in which minor leagues. I think that's a lot of it. Do you? There is a there is the win now pressure of New York, and if not just New York anymore. I mean, yeah, there's win now pressure talking, a lot talking, of places. Yes, I agree. But we're talking it, it's society in general. But we're talking about the Yankees. Yeah, sure. So it's accentuated with the Yankees. Okay. And you saw they traded prospects for Talon. They traded prospects at one point for Paxton, which was yep. a bust. Um, By the way, the other bust was Jacoby Ellsbury. Well, uh, that was the, that's an all-time bust. Yeah. You know, they traded prospects for Gallo and for Rizzo. And because it's all win now. Yeah. Because I've got to assume Cashman also kind of sees, forgetting the first half of his tenure, but in the last 20 years, they've been to one World Series. Yeah. Like, it's not the world, it's not the Super Bowl where it's a one-off game and you're losing on fluky things. You know, they've been outplayed. Yes. In a short series. And part of it, I mean, look, that was the reason why they signed Derek, Derek Cole, right? Was because they had not had a number one starter in such a long period of time. And Sabathia. Yeah, and Cole has done nothing to um, nothing to write that contract off. He's played very well yes. to that team. But now they don't have a number two. And by the way, the Jacoby Ellsbury contract was the modern day Danny Tartle. Like it was just, but it didn't stop them from spending. That's what I'm trying to get at, right? It's like, oh yeah, tax write off, Jacoby, $72 million, no big deal. Meanwhile, Wilpon was saying, oh, I could use Bernie, where's my $72 million? So. There was an interesting uh, quote, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase from Brandon Nimmo of the Mets. Uh, so the difference between the Wopons and and and, the, and Cohen, and and this is what every Yankee fan has felt, fortunately for them, their entire lives is that they spend to win, and you want to have owners like that. You absolutely you want to have those owners, and I'll tell you. I'm happy to have one now. I, I feel a little spoiled by by Uncle Stevie. I really do. I feel I feel really spoiled by Uncle Stevie, knowing that we're just going to outspend everybody. Now I feel like a Yankee fan for the last like forty five. Enjoy, enjoy it. Look, I'll buy us a championship too. I don't care. I I never did. Flags fly forever. I don't care how you got it. So, how do you think it feels to be a Cleveland Brown fan? You know, two years ago, you are at the precipice of a championship. Last year, the team kind of falls apart a little. Sure. Mayfield wants out. Yep. You pay $260 million, $250 million for this quarterback, who based off of the 23 massage therapist issues. Was probably going to get suspended for six six games. No, I think it's going to be longer than that. I think no, I'm saying good. just off the 23 was going to get six games. Now, there's <laughs> 66 of them. It's 100 in total. So you're now Cleveland. You have a backup quarterback who will rather be anywhere in the world than there. But the ironic part is that's probably the only place he's going to he could end up starting this year. 
So it, it so it's interesting that you say that because I was talking about that today in the office. So there's two things going on here. Number one is the fact that I'm going out and buying a Jacoby Brissett jersey because I think he's the starting quarterback for that team. Number two, the only trade that makes sense, and we see this in other sports, is swaps of bad contracts. Like you see a contract, uh, a disgruntled player over here for a disgruntled player over here, right? You swap the bad contract. Mm-hmm. What do you think of a Baker Mayfield for Sam Darnold deal? I think if I'm Carolina, I, I don't like the deal. They like Darnold. I'm and trying to figure out why still, but okay. I, you know, I don't know. But look, if McCaffrey's healthy and you re-sign DJ Moore and Robbie, they, Robbie they Anderson. DJ Moore's got a four-year deal. They, they I, re-signed I, him I apologize. And you have Robbie Anderson can't be worse than he was last year. I mean, Matt Rule needs a good year to keep his job. Yes. Are you going to bring in someone who knows who doesn't know the system, who's a me, who's kind of been a me first guy? It's true. Or are you going to say, look, I think you know every people don't blame Darnold a lot on the Jets. Like there is they there's culpability every he has some of it, but there were a lot of moving parts of that to that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And he knows he's for all intents and purposes he's playing for his starting career this year. He's yeah. lucky that pretty much he has this year to do it. Mayfield, why? To me, it makes. I don't think. I don't think Watson's playing this year. More and more. Oh, I don't either. I, and I think. I think Cleveland kind of knew that by the way that they structured that contract too. So Mayfield, the only place you can start is here. Uh, Seattle. Seattle's not Seattle. If Seattle wanted a quarterback, they would have traded for him. Seattle doesn't want a quarterback. Okay. They, they're they're happy with the two that with, with Geno versus Drew Locke. Oh my lord! Yeah. So it lowers DK Metcalf's fantasy value a little. Oh, to be Rashard Penny. Anyway. Well, he's not going to be there anyway. Nope. They drafted Kenneth Walker. Yep, and they got Chris Carson. Maybe. Chris Carson. You... And I mean, Penny's been hurt for three and a half years. It's kind of hard, but I mean. It, the trade makes sense, but I don't think Carolina does it. Okay, so how do you feel if you're a Cleveland fan right now? I'd be at a bar. I mean, I, I, I don't see how this ends well in any capacity. Where does it end, though? Like, is he put on is, is, he, put on the, is, he, is he put on the Adrian Peterson list, right, where he, uh, he gets paid and yet – Look, if I'm if I'm the NFL and I want to send a message, I actually let him get paid this year and then suspend him next year. Because that way he doesn't get paid his $42 million or whatever it is. But it is, I mean, between this and the Washington commies, this is going to be an interesting month in the, in the NFL. And I wanted to touch upon that for a second. So – so the so the Congress. How do you feel if you're a uh, how do you feel if you're Roger Goodell? Let me ask you this. So the federal government has subpoenaed you to talk in front of a congressional hearing. They have also subpoenaed Daniel Snyder to talk. You know damn well Daniel Snyder ain't going before that committee. There ain't a shot in hell of that guy going in front of that committee. Zero. You know the government pays a lot. For their for their uh, military servicemen to have Kevlar, that's what Roger Goodell's role is for the NFL right now. He is just the Kevlar of the NFL. He just takes shots left and right. He does, but it kind of bounces. Like there, his legal guy was that Jason. I forget the name. Jeff Pash. Jeff Pash. My God, I love that guy. <laughs> well, you want my be idol. You want to be my idol. Yeah, of course he is. I mean, he has made it possible for you know, Goodell's. I mean, look, Goodell. After everything that's happened, is still he employed. Be, <laughs> he should be throwing him out on his ass. He's going to get in a four-year. He's going to get an extension. And 
he it, it bounces it bounces off of him. It just well, does. if he well, I'll tell you, if he goes into a congressional hearing, you know, the one thing about Congress is that they are not limited in scope. They can talk about anything they want in a congressional hearing. This is not a courtroom. This is not you are limited in to talking about, I don't know, Deshaun Watson. You can talk, they can go from Deshaun Watson to John Gruden if they really wanted to and talk about the tapes. And remember, Roger Goodell's under oath. And uh, it, it may be the most interesting hearing since the steroid hearing, at least for me. Like, I'm really interested in watching this thing. I'm totally enamored with seeing Roger Goodell on stage and seeing how he can deflect this. And I'm hoping that there are some senators and congressmen that don't allow him to escape because there are some things. I made a bet. Let, let me ask you this. I, I made a bet last week with a, with a coworker because gambling is now legal. Um, $20 that by the end of 2022, Daniel Snyder is forced to sell the team. I what do you think? I think he, there's a good chance that happens. Yeah, I do. I absolutely. I, mean, look, I hope he's the owner there for another 30 years. He has butchered that franchise, which I hate so much to a point of irrelevance and just Irrelevance both on the field and with the fans. So here's my next question. If the Broncos got $4.5 billion last night, which they did, how much are the Redskins? Sorry, they're not the Redskins. How much are the Commanders worth? Because they got to be worth more than that. Six? Seven? Ten? Who could pay ten? The Waltons could pay ten. The Waltons could pay 10, but they can't own more, own more than one franchise. I'm just saying the Washington – look, you and I lived in Washington. Different times when we lived in Washington. If if Snyder sold that team, it would be like Steve Cohen for the Mets. Yep. It would be, yes, we're back, right? And fans, they have – the Washington, D.C. fans – and I know I say this in a lot of different sports for a lot of different fan bases. They are one of the best fan bases in football. They are just absolutely disgusted. Yes. I mean, so disgusted that Snyder is presenting a 50,000-person stadium in Virginia. Seth, 50,000 people. The University of Michigan holds 106. Yep. This is a pro football team, not even college. Anyway, all right, we're down to our last two minutes. We talked a lot about baseball, and we talked a lot about the NFL, two, two, uh, neither of which really mattered this week because neither of which is in session. <laughs> baseball and Brian Cashman. So do you have anything for your last two minutes? Um, are you going to follow at all what's going to happen with, that, with the Live Golf Tour? Yes. Yes. With Justin Johnson coming in, Bryson DeChambeau coming in, Patrick Reed coming in. I'm certainly not going to watch it, but I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious as to how long it lasts because that's a lot of money. I'm curious as to the ratings because that's where the money comes from, uh, whether this is actually a secondary tour. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see – how many of those players actually do play in the majors and what the reception is when they do play in the majors more than anything else, because they are allowed to play in the majors. Mickelson has already said he's playing in the U S well, he's allowed because he has a lifetime exemption. Right. As opposed to as yeah. Dustin Johnson. Right. But the U S open has said that we will allow anybody in if they, if they qualify. Now the thing is they won't be playing on PGA tour events, so they won't get the points that other players right. would get. But they can definitely go to an to go like Danny Woodhead did to a qualifier, and I guarantee you, Dustin Johnson could probably qualify for the U.S. Open if he. I wants would sincerely to. hope so. Yeah. All right, gotta run. Seth Kamen's over there. I'm Sean Palmer over here, and we'll talk to you next week. Great show, everybody. Have a good one.